All right. Dig Skippy in the mornings here on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com, and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook Live.com slash Dick and Skippy. We are live here on the 13th of September. It is 921. We're running a little late, but we're going to make it up to you because today we are giving away tickets to a community event, guys. And it, there's their second annual. If you don't remember this around this time last year, there was monster trucks in Conroe. So we got four tickets to the Shriners Monster Truck Spectacular happening at different times. For example, tonight at 7, tomorrow at 1, or 7 p.m. for tomorrow. So we have four tickets in total to give away. So stay tuned and learn more about how to win those. And then also in the studio is my co-host, Dick and Skippy. That's He's Skippy. I'm Dick. So there you go. Uh, I do want to say... Let's swap roles for the day. What, what, oh, you want to be... I don't want to be skippy. That guy's going to call in and be like, oh, your name, <laughs> your name is so silly. <laughs> let me let me curse on the air. You think he's still listening to us? I hope he is. That guy's... I mean... Well, Joe, Jeremy, what was his name? We miss you, man. Call us back, but just don't no, swear think, on the air. No, dude. I don't want him to call us back. I don't like that guy. Uh, I'll like him enough. There's for the lines. Of I have lines, and he crossed it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You drop some so, bombs on the radio. You know, we should swat him. I heard that's a good tactic to get back. We're at not going to swat him, Dick. I'm just kidding. Uh, I also want to say special thanks to today's show sponsors, Beanpunk Coffee in Conroe, uh, BeanpunkCoffee.com, and uh, they're open right now all the way. Uh, what time are they closed tonight? Probably like a seven or something like. That. Oh, there's a show, so they're gonna be open a little later. Beanpunk, yeah, yeah. They, they stay open when shows are going on. Yeah. We have at the Owen, we've got Mamma Mia going down, there you little go. disco ABBA fun, and then right next door, right next door to us at the Crichton, it's the Wild Women of Windoria. It's a horrible name. I've totally forgotten uh, the name, but it's, it's a it's a it's heard, a stage version of a chick flick. I heard the Mamma Mia is post-apocalyptic. Is that right? <laughs> No, but Macbeth is. Oh, Macbeth. We'll talk about that a little bit. We also want to say thanks to Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, cleansweepofficecleaning.com, for all your office cleaning needs. And then C3 Creative Content Creations, c3thewoodlands.com, all your creative content creation needs right there. Uh, Yeah, and then later in the show, we might have Nathan Arizadi of Montgomery County Lifestyle calling in, but we also have special guests from the upcoming Macbeth show, they're going to be coming into the studio. They are. They're going to show up on in. Yeah, we're going to talk about post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic Macbeth and uh, and then learn about that. And we might call Nathan about the monster truck. We don't really know. I kind of told him. He's like, yeah, I can call in. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm busy here setting up stuff. I'm like, you realize you're around monster trucks, right? So it's going to be like, that's going to be a horrible phone call. Maybe he's got one of those sports what was that arena you know, like John Madden uses those headphones with a microphone oh. that's the size of a, a bagel. I forgot to tell you. So, you know, folks, listeners, if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks, we had John from the uh, Towers to, what was it, Towers oh. to TowerOr.org. Towers. Oh, oh, Lordy, I'm They're sorry. They're doing a golf tournament in October yes. over in Bentwater. Well, he was on another show, but he called in. Mm-hmm. And this is why I always try to encourage our host to – do a little pre-screening with callers, like basically give them a checklist. We have a little checklist saying, like, this is where you should be, be in a controlled environment, you know, don't, like, lock the door. Tell me he wasn't you know. in the bathroom. So what we're seeing there, and I'm engineering, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, oh, okay, and I go, what? What is that noise? And I, I'm on the phone with one of my buddies who likes to listen occasionally. I was like, hey, can you get on real quick and tell me this guy is not in the bathroom? Like, just tell me. <laughs> and he's listening, and he's like, yeah, he's in the bathroom. I think he's in the bathroom. Well, anyway, later in the show... It gets even worse. Oh, no. And I look at the host. I was like, I go, what are you doing? 
And so he, he, I guess I was trying to, I guess he took that me as, well, let me ask him where he is. So he goes, John, hey. he's like, John, where are you? And uh, John's like, oh, I'm in the uh, locker room, men's locker room <laughs> over at Bentwater Country Club. I was, I was golfing. I'm taking a break to call you. And I'm thinking, like, what a wild guy. Because I, I don't know how locker rooms are really designed, but you could hear flushing. Yeah, they're, they're pretty open. So, uh, so uh, And also, I mean, by definition, locker rooms contain locker room talk. You don't want to be on the radio and have the background and have two guys going on about the, the, the filly they mounted the night before the kind of thing. Yeah, and also just I, I hate, like, uh, those who talk in or from the bathroom on the phone because there's that particular echoey effect that only a small bathroom can provide, well, so you I, don't know it. I always feel like I'm invited into someone's conversation if they come into the bathroom on the phone. Yeah, that's just... Because I feel like we're sharing wrong. the same space and we're doing something private, and it's like I'm definitely involved in this conversation now. I really hate to sound like the old man yelling at kids to get off my lawn, but for decades, if not centuries, if not millennia, we were able to go to the bathroom without talking on the phone. It's a relatively recent event in, in human history, and I kind of miss that because there were bathroom protocols. They're just time, you know, nowadays you have people talking during plays, during musicals, during movies, in the cars. Now, I, I'm guilty of, like, car stuff, but there are those that just feel they can't, they have to be connected 24-7, that you can't turn off your phone for two hours to watch well, a movie or play. And well, it's like, but we survived just fine. In fact, when I was a kid in Japan, you know, we are on the small Navy base, a lot of us would go to the, the cinema. It was called the Benny Decker Theater. We'd watch the movies, and we'd, like, spend all day there watching stuff. And as parents were looking for us, the projectionist would receive phone calls from, like, you know, Commander Johnson. Hey, I need my kid to come home. And so we'd write on a strip of celluloid and stick it out, over the uh, over the projector, so it would show up at the bottom of the screen. So we're watching cartoons or, or Flash Gordon episodes, and you know Billy Johnson, Dad wants you to come home, and he'd leave. So you don't need to be connected twenty four seven. Well, don't I know it's more of winding the the reins on on folks. So it's like for example, if your kids and this like my mother would, would never allow me to hang out at the mall by myself ever. But so many kids my age did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Mom, Mom. Why, Mom, why can't I go to them? Just drop me off. Just let me go. If and they all jumped off a bridge, would you no, jump off No, it was a more of like, too? she goes, I just don't want to deal with tracking you down. Because we didn't have cell phones at the time. I guess there were cell phones, but I didn't have one. And she's like, I don't feel like tracking you down. And I don't I don't trust you to keep time. Like, you know, meet me at the Cinnabon at, you know, 3 well, o'clock. Well, again, because it's the mall. And you when I was a kid... We'd be outside, and the second well, the streetlights came on, that was our alarm clock to get home. We had, like, ten minutes to get home. But what's even funnier is the only time she would let me hang out by myself at the mall, if she had to go to the mall, uh-huh. is at, at the arcade. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? You're, you're going to stay all the time. I know you're going to be here the whole time because you're probably not going to leave because it's an arcade. So I was like, yeah, why would I leave? Here, honey, what? I'm going to give you $2 of course. No, I had to bring my own money. Okay. That was kind of the deal. And she hated it because I always brought it, like, in a big jar. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, like, you're going to the mall? Cool, can I come? And I'm like, I'm, like I'm going, I'm going. And then uh, I always put it right by that, yeah, and just sit there and play Street Fighter. But uh, that was the only place. But like I said, they're pulling the reins on kids. Cell phones give free reign. Like, you can go wherever. I can track you. So it's like I can almost I, I bet you anyway there's an app well, that I, I can mind. tap in and hear what you're saying to other I kids. I don't mind tagging a kid, you know, like a microchip, like you know your poodle, and you know you can don't necessarily. I remember briefly there were these cell phones that were being sold 
I'm at the AT&T store, but others, but they were like, they look like little eggs, little blue eggs, and they had two buttons on them. And what the parents call would do... Call home or call Yeah, emergency. basically, it would call emergency, call home or whatever, and it would only call or receive calls from what the parents would program in up to like three numbers. And I just, I love that because it's like, here, you want a phone? Use the, Yeah, and then they'll never uh, use it because I feel like you're shoving it in their face that you don't get a cool phone. Well, that was, that was the, the point is that if you don't answer the phone, then you're in equal trouble. So it's you're trying to find the best of both worlds. Now, but on the other hand, my daughter has had an iPhone. Her mother was very insistent on that. And I, at first I resisted, then I just kind of gave in and, and uh, uh, since she was like six or seven years old. And but she's always used it responsibly, and I've never been busted at school with it. Doesn't over text or anything. Like, and so yeah. I guess you know the kids can earn the trust. I'm not saying that it's a all or nothing. No, it's not about trust. I'm talking about this. The way parenting is happening is you the reins are being lifted. Because I remember back like when we had a cul-de-sac neighborhood. We lived in a cul-de-sac. I was allowed to go anywhere in the cul-de-sac until dark. Mm-hmm. So basically, my tell was when it's dark, you come inside. Yeah, when like, the street lights came on. Like, that's the only that, time. That was it. And I remember that was a rule, and then we tried to call the uh, the daylight savings time thing changed, and they weren't changing the street lights. And we tried to call. We're like, hey, can you come and fix these lights so they, they can turn <laughs> can on come later? Come on later. <laughs> so, uh, but, no, and I think that's something that uh, today it's just kind of like parents are going, like, I don't really don't know. I think a lot of the schools are offering so many extracurricular curricular activities. Parents are all, always – not being there. They're always, like, dropping them off, picking them up in between their life. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it is a societal change because, you know, back in the day, back when I was a kid, you know, it was typically a one-income family because they could afford it. You know, dad could work at the the office or the Yeah, what's polygamy going to be allowed so everyone can just try to figure it out? Okay, so of (laughs) all the Star Trek inventions, there's one that I really, really wish would happen. Uh, It was in one of the novels. I think it was like the novel version of the the motion picture. But, you know, forget the the transporter, forget the the food replicator, forget warp speed, forget all of that. I think the two best inventions in Star Trek, one was the beard repressor. Basically, you shave and you put on this aftershave and the aftershave keeps your beard from growing for like three months. So I I love that. But also, in one of the novels, they were talking about uh, the marriage contract. Basically, in the future, in the Star Trek future, marriage was like, it would be like a lease. You would have a contract to be married for a year, two years. And you renew it every... You could renew it if you so desired. Or change it. Yeah, you could add amendments, whatever, and at the end of the contract, you could renew, you could leave, no harm, no foul. And being as someone who's thrice divorced, I would have given somebody's left arm for that possibility, for that opportunity. Sounds like, like record company people should be doing that kind of stuff, Well, too. wouldn't it just make much more sense? Because I have friends going, but no, that takes away the love. No, it, it doesn't, because you can you can sign a 10-year marriage contract or a 50-year or do it for life. But a blood pack, a blood pack. <laughs> yes, slice your, I was trying to convince Holly to do that. I was like, let's surprise these people during the wedding and just cut the palms and just. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't really like that. Well, you know, on my wedding, instead, I was instead of stuffing cake, I was this close. And if you're not seeing me on Facebook, I'm squeezing about a centimeter of air between my thumb and my forefinger to Rick rolling my wife in the wedding vows. And right. the, the only reason I didn't is because I was kind of talking to her about it beforehand about Rick rolls, and she had no idea what they were. And so, and so Rick Rolls, been lost, been yeah. Lost on her. So you know, Rick That's Astley, funny. I'm never gonna give you up. Never gonna yeah. let you down. So, okay, yeah, lots of fun stuff. And uh, don't forget, folks, we are on Facebook. I'm seeing some of your comments, and we'll be answering those after the break because it's too distracting to sit there and read, and you don't want to see my read face. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm reading a couple uh, too. 
So you have a read face. So there you go. I have a re- I have resting. So read did face. you did you uh, watch any of the debates last night in Houston? I wasn't able to watch live, but it was through social media. Uh, oh, you know, you know that's true. You know, well, they're, they're, no, there would be snippets. Yeah, uh, you people know, would be posting snippets from it. So I'd I'd watch enough of the sound bites to and I, actually uh, some funny stuff happened on that, but so much of it doesn't matter on a presidential scale. For instance, you know, Julian Castro, it was caught standing on a box so he could appear taller like the others. I, and it's become a big deal. I don't care. I myself would probably, you wouldn't mind hopping on a box from time to time. If I'm, if I'm surrounded by a bunch of six feet people and I'm running for a high office and, and I'm, you know, shorter than everyone by a good well, wouldn't four or five, Wouldn't Napoleon kind of set the standard, like it's okay to be short? But, but, but Napoleon wasn't short for the time. Well, he's like 5'4", right? Yeah. That's short. No. That's short. It's short today. Yeah. But he still was, I mean. No, the Napoleon You're taking the complex, away my point. Yeah. No, the, well, you, you chose the wrong one. You can have short man's attitude. Are you from the past? Yes. I have been traveling through time. I come from the year 1965. Uh, but I'm just I feel like your accent would be way. a lot different I, if I, you really were from the past. Oh, no, I am. I, I, oh, no. I come from 1965. I'm just taking the long way through uh, through history. I'm time traveling into the future one day at a time. That's boring. Yeah. So you're so someone sat on a box, and then what else? Uh, what Cash, a, one of the presidential stood, on, stood a, on a box. Stood sorry. on a box so he could appear taller than the others. And I know, you know, certain members of the right are just going bonkers about that. I'm like, guys, this is not the issue. Can you imagine being like 60-plus years old and bickering about that stuff? But people are, and so, it's like uh, you've heard me rant. I mean, if you're if you're 59, you can you can bicker about that stuff until you until you start until you hit 60, you can't bicker about that stuff. I would much prefer. Okay, so he stood on a box. If you want, it's a practical thing. If you have tall people around you and, and you're shorter, the ca- doesn't look good on the camera angle. You don't project power because it's just one of those things. If you don't have a full head of hair and are tall, you you project less power to other people. It's just one of those sad but true facts. And I've dealt, you know, I've dealt with that all my life. I try to project what power I may have through a, 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 a pleasant attitude or an outgoing nature, you know. So I overcompensate for my shortness and, and lack of full head of hair other other ways. I don't have to st- step on a box, but I could see myself doing it if the occasion called for it. Whoopie do, yeah. But in the debate last night, we had Andrew Yang. If I don't, if you don't qualify this as actually buying votes i don't know what it is but when he said he was going to give go to my website put in your sob story and i'm going to randomly choose 10 families to give a thousand dollars a month to i'm going to give a family twelve thousand ten families twelve thousand a year but at random so please someone when we open the phone lines tell me how that's not... That's bribing, right? That's, that's not... Uh, I forgot I dig the it. word. I dig it. For, you know, trolling for, for votes. I'm going to give you money to... I'm not saying vote for me. I'm just saying go to my website and read all about me and then... And when you go to the website, it says vote for me. Well, that's... You go to a campaign website and it says vote for me. There's nothing wrong with that. I dig it. I, th- I think it's stirring, stirring the pot. It's, well, it's stirring you, the pot, you know, You know there's wrong. at least one person next to him going, man, why didn't I do that? Oh, no, they're all looking. His compatriots were snickering at him because it's like that is so flagrantly. Uh, that that's, I'm not saying a full investigation needs to go into that, but there's got to be a rule about can you promise money to someone if they just go read your materials? So there was that. Um, I know this was, this was like, what, the, the fifth debate 
for the DNC, for, for the Democratic no, candidates? No, I, I, I believe so. I, I think we're we're pretty much caught up on what everyone wants. I want there to be GOP debates. I do not like the fact that there are some states that are uh, canceling the GOP primaries. I don't care if someone's running unopposed in certain states. As long as you can get, if you're able to get on the ballot, and that's by polling at a certain number and getting so many uh, followers or, or donors, but you don't preemptively shut down a primary, I don't think, when we're a year... Yeah, but it's a private organization. Private organizations can do whatever they want, man. I've learned that. But when we're more than a year out from, they can do from they voting want. day. They can do whatever they want. So I, I have I don't a see problem why you're a big with deal. that. Are you a, are you a GOP member? I'm not a member of the GOP. So who I tend cares? To they don't care. GOP. They don't care what you have to say. No, but as a non-GOP member, you're criticizing a, a thing they do that you're not even part of. You, do you vote in the primary? Yes, I vote. I vote in every primary. I vote in every election. Don't you have to register to no. be in, vote in a primary? No, you have to say which uh, party you want to vote for. But there's a difference between being a registered Republican and somebody who votes in a Republican primary by far. Basically, if you register Republican, you vote Republican, and that's it. And I never vote straight. It's probably because they send you stuff every day, like give us money. Well, you get that anyways. Yeah. You know, the, the voter rolls are open. I never got any of that. I don't. I never voted. But a primary, no, to shut though, down a primary because it's like, why bother? You know, no one's going to run against them. I, that's just. I do not like. How much that money at do you all. think they're saving? Who cares? They probably do. Why do we want to save money? money to protect voting rights? I mean, you're talking about a primary, though. And from the primary, you choose the person who runs in the general. I mean, primary is more important than the general. They can do whatever they want. Nah. Have, so I give them a call. You want to call them? You want to call them? Who, who are we going to call? The GOP people. Actually, I'd like to call the Federal Election Commission and see if this is. Well, obviously, it's legal. I got because two questions doing for you. This Andrew Yang guy, what are you doing about it? <laughs> yeah, that, that just staggered me when I saw that what one going doing? down. Well, I, I think the thing that uh, shocked me the most, uh, there are no registered party affiliations in Texas. That's what Brett just said. Yep. So. Yeah, and see, he agrees with me. Napoleon was tall. Everyone says Napoleon was short. He is by today's standards. But back then, 5'4 was considered average, if not slightly above average height. And I actually toured the HMS Victory, which is Admiral Nelson's ship, who, who was killed by Napoleon at the Battle of Trafalgar. And that ship, it almost looks like a scale model like a three-quarter size ship, and everything was proportionately small. They were everything was designed for people around five foot two. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're a time traveler. Yeah, I know. I'm. I am a time traveler. I come from the year 1965. Yeah. And I came into the future, but I'm just taking the the where long. You, way, where do you think Joaquin Phoenix is from? Joaquin Phoenix. He's from Plan Nine from <laughs> Outer Space, dude. Right, I, sure. <laughs> just wondering. No, I was going to say the shocking moment I saw was uh, that Beto talking about taking away AR-15s. And it got me thinking. I was like, man, I guess this really is that. This is where the politics really put the headlines out there. Mm -hmm. Because you're literally looking at, like, what, how many people were on stage? Like nine people? Mm -hmm. And it's like only one of them is going to be president. So I guess it's kind of like you shoot, you go for the home runs. Exactly. I you know, you can have the candidate saying, I'm going to take all the hefty bags. I'm going to put it in a, a, a Titan rocket. We're going to shoot it into the sun and get rid of all the... Because, you know, you know I, I feel like if they ever really tried to, like, say... For some reason, they're like, hey, it passed. We're taking away AR-15s. How many weird, not weirdos, sorry to make fun of you, but how many of those folks would actually shoot people trying to take their guns? I feel like it would be a good number of people. It wouldn't just be one incident. It's like if someone made a law, like all assault rifle or, or ARs are going to be confiscated. 
mm-hmm. they're going to start coming door to door to take. I, mean, I imagine there's going to be a handful of people going, you ain't taking my guns, and they start shooting. Well, they're going down, man. They're I want to look at this academically because, and I want to spend a couple of minutes on this, academically because it's such a high emotional situation. I think I told you a few weeks ago, my niece was in town for the weekend, and she's highly liberal. She's very young, very idealistic. Well, how high, how high can liberals get? She she's slightly left of Mao. Uh, so is that Antifa? Like, what would you classify Antifa? She, she would give money to Antifa. I just can't imagine my day to day life having like a scarf over my face. Like, what are you going to do this weekend? Well, the, the SAS does the same thing. But anyhow, we we had a discussion about the gun debate, and she's like, "We got to get all the guns," and I was like, "How?" Let's talk. Well, we got to do buyback program. We have buyback programs, but bad guys aren't going to turn in their guns. And she was getting really emotional and crying and stuff. I said, we, we need to calm down because, you know, I love you. I'm your biggest fan. We're on the same team. And I pointed out, because she's going on about the NRA, it's like the NRA doesn't want mass shootings because every time that puts them on the hot plate. So, because she's like, yeah, you guys love it when there are mass shootings. You get your gun right. I'm like, no. No, anyone does. If anything, the left tends to look forward to the next mass shooting. I've actually had friends say that to, to prove the point. Now we can now we can get the guns. Now we can get the guns. So it's highly emotional. So purely academically, let's talk about Better Works' um, plan to get guns. And, and I have like three questions. One, how are you going to ensure you get them all? Safely. No, literally. I mean, how? Because he's saying, quote, we're going to go door to door. What happens if I have a gun in my house, which is legal, and... He says, we're going to get your gun. You red flag it. No. Like, my neighbor has gun. I no, saw it. I no. smelt gunpowder. No, seriously. How are you going to get the gun from me if I say no? What's how, I'm saying? Safely. How do you get it safely? How, how, answer me this. How is he going to get the gun from my house if I say no? He's going to have to break into my house, okay. kick the door in. The police, man. Without, and that's the Fourth Amendment, well, I believe. Everyone will unreasonable give you a recreation. Remember that? What was it in Florida? That Cuban uh, refugee slash... Illegal immigrant kid. What was no, his name? No, Elian Gonzalez. That, that picture is so great because it just looks so crazy. Yeah, it is. And everyone will end up like that. You'll have you'll have your gun in the closet. So that's my and first. And they'll question. be reaching in and. So oh, so question one: How are you going to ensure you get them from the bad guys? Because they're the last people going to do a buyback. Number two: Where are you going to get the money for a buyback program? Because you're not buying them back. I bought I bought it. And number three, he said, "We're going to get your guns no matter what. We're going to go door to door and get them." So my question is. You come to my door, knock on my door, and I have a legally purchased and registered gun. How are you going to get it? I'm going to say no, in which case it becomes a police state because, according to him, we're going to get your guns no matter what. We're going to go door to door. He's going to smash in the door. He's going for a Hail Number Mary there. five, my fifth question on this, and I'm sorry, I'm sounding emotional. I don't mean to be, but I'm just trying I to get like this point. You, you just grew four feet. You're on a box right now. I'm standing on a box. You're that soap box five, right here. Better O'Rourke has a DUI and a burglary conviction. Under, under his belt, which means that he would not pass the own background checks that he's pushing for to get a gun. With that, what qualifies him with the DUI, with the inability? It's like saying only <clears throat> women should vote, uh, have the say in abortion rights because it's their body. That means that only gun owners should have the rights <clears throat> to dis- discuss gun ownership and the lack thereof. And better work well, is off that. He got people stirred up. I like it. Well, yeah, but I want these questions answered. How is he? It's impractical, but it's becoming a presidential platform. We got to get the guns. We got to get. And that's 
answer how. And that's what the debate moderators are not doing. No one is saying how. And that's where I have the problem with all debates. Well, it's all debates, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is not the DNC debate. This is all debates. They're, they're all sound bites. Yeah, so why, why even bother having a GOP debate? Why even bother having uh, primaries? Because everybody, why, why bother who, having primaries? Because everybody who's qualified should have what a they voice. they should do but they should have a is different just say, format. hey, whoever donates the most money, you're on the ticket. Well, that is how they do it. You have so to have a certain go. number of donors. Yeah. It's not the money per se. It's yeah. the amount of donors that enable you to be on a ballot. So there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's a lot wrong there's with that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, certain people have better qualifications. I mean, so just take care of Well, it. yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, I figured you'd have something to say about it, and uh, there you go. Yeah, and so people, who cares that Julian Castro stood on a box? I certainly don't care, and I'm speaking as a guy shorter than he is, I think. It's whoopee-doo. Number two, Beto or a Beto supporter, I would love answers to those questions in an academic he setting. He isn't going to do that. Well, I actually posted it on his, uh, his Twitter page. I'm going, can you please just how? I'm not being a, a, a jackass when I ask this, but you said we're going to get your guns. How are you going to do it? Because that that would determine if I would even think about voting for someone like that or not. Well, yeah, and that's what I think the, the, the main issue that the Democratic Party is facing is everyone kind of has their own thing to stand on, but not everyone agrees on the next person next to them. So you have Andrew Yang doing UBI, and then you have you know Bernie Sanders doing more of a Medicare kind of thing, mm -hmm. and then... Better works like you know personally. This I mean I understand why he's doing it because of what happened to where he served in the in in his public in El Paso mm -hmm. and they had the shooting. So like I can see that's why he's talking about it because either I know he's a compassionate person, he probably really cares, but also it's a unique thing that he can talk about than any other person on that stage can talk about because he's. I mean, you could say he's the one that saw it. You know. Like, was there. Absolutely. And <clears throat> that's why I'm not discounting what he's saying out of hand. It's like the next logical question. If someone says, we're going to go door to door and get your guns, the next logical question that no one's asking is how. And that's what I want. Well, answer. what you should do, this is, how you <clears throat> get, this is how you get people's AR-15s. You say, hey, Starbucks doesn't allow guns in the property. Bring it on. Because people are like, oh, I'll put my AR on my shoulder and walk around yeah, and Starbucks. I, so there you go. I am you not gotta, a fan. You got to. I'm not a fan of the, the jackasses that do that. I'm legally entitled to walk to a Walmart with, a, with an AR-15 strapped to my back. Yeah. And, and the companies that are saying we'd prefer you not do that, Kroger and everyone else, all power to them. You're a, privately, you're a private company. You can do whatever, whatever you want. Now, the, the other issue in the gun debate is I think many people can agree a lot of the issue is – um, the uh, two issues, the availability of guns to people who shouldn't have them. I think that's the primary issue. And the, se the secondary to that is mental health or mental illness. A, a, a lot of that, you know, you get your shooters, your mass shooters who, yes, they happen to be white males. I get it. But you've got a vast majority of them. Uh, you've got people who are, you know, wearing the tinfoil hats or whatever. If, you gun if you're a mass shooter, you're not right in the head. Something is misfiring. And we have Miss Alyssa Milano, the 80s actress who's become very much a no, political figure. No, she's definitely more than just hey, she's been She's popular no, that, charm. No, what I'm saying is that's how she started. Now she's morphed into, she's evolved into. Now she's a political activist. A political activist. It's on her Twitter handle. And so a lot of people are going, who are you? You're just a has-been child actress. That doesn't matter. She's evolved from that. She's, um, a, she's a citizen. I'm, Why aren't people asking for a birth certificate and for proof of citizenship? That's why everyone should be asking. Because she's for not it. running for an office that, that requires it. 
That's the debate it's on a that. a joke. Everyone yeah. asks that question. But it's anyhow, where's yours? When she met with uh, Ted Cruz, and they they had their discussion, it was going to be a debate. And, oh, and boo! They both they were they didn't do a debate. No, it was a discussion. What a disappointment! She live streamed it, but this is what we had. Now Alyssa Milano, and I got to tread carefully here because. Mental illness and mental health is a serious, serious, well, serious you're issue. Saying, you're saying she has a mental disorder. She does. No, she's been before this. She went on a tour a few years ago about how she had murderous and suicidal thoughts, postpartum depression, uh, extreme anxiety, all the things that would red flag you from purchasing any kind of gun in a normal background check. Yet in the same thing, she said she has two at her house for self-defense. So she has an admit. There's an admittedly woman, uh, a, a person with mental health issues that, that went on a world tour about it to, to bring it to light, which is a very admirable thing. That's why I'm saying I'm not dogging her for having mental health issues, who's saying all guns should be gone, yet she, in the same meeting, said, I have two at my house for self-defense. So how can, with one breath, you say worry about the it, problem is guns... Just we got to get rid of the guns when you have them yourself. Do, do you have any any uh, good things for Macbeth for the post-apocalyptic notes on Second Amendment? Do you, that's how it started. Is that is that kind of the joke? Do you slide that in there? Well, yeah. There's like, a little, did, there's a little future here? history in in the Macbeth thing. It's that in a, uh, in the future. Some we took away the guns, so everyone rioted. <laughs> no, nah, just a uh, just a nuclear. No one war. wanted to make Twinkies anymore. Just so a nuclear war. Feed the world. Yeah, in a future administration, nuclear war is uh, is. Wage. I see. I'm telling you, I like that plot I made you on the ticket sub yesterday. Because that's if a good you, plot. That's a good plot. Let's talk plot. about that real quick. So I was on the ticket sub yesterday as a guest because uh, Chris and Dick were really hurting for a third person because yeah. Connor was out. It, ticket sub is a wonderful radio show where we talk about the latest movie news and, and trivia and whatnot. And we play a game on it. I, I've been on it a couple of times yeah, now. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. And it's one of the three um, hosts of, of this show. One gives the other uh, an actor, a situation, and the title of a fake movie, and then the other person has to, on the spot, come up with what that movie yeah. would be. And that was a lot of fun. And I had, it was Joachim Phoenix. Um, the title of the movie was Normal Man, Nor Normal Plan. Normal Man, Normal Plan. And it was where he finds out that he's the only sane person and the entire rest of the world is insane. And yeah. I had to come up with a movie about that on the spot. I think I did okay. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying, because what I liked what you said was everyone's progressively getting more and more crazy, and finally, whatever disease where finally hits somebody with real power, like a president or a, a leader, and so like the, the the third act of the movie is Joaquin Phoenix's character going to stop the president of the United States from blowing up the world mm -hmm. because of how crazy he's... like. Subtly got over time. Mm -hmm. So that's good. I like that. Thank I could you. I could dig that. Now speaking of major pictures, two things. First off, uh, I got to toot my horn. I've been uh, hired to write a screenplay for a movie that's going to come out. Uh, it's uh, one of those feel good family shorts. Oh, uh, is it called The Rock Quarry? No, it's not called The Rock man. Quarry. Not not the gay bar that we were talking about. Oh, yesterday. man. <laughs> uh, but also, I had a. a no, that's the alternate movie. That's one of those things when you go to Amazon, you top it, type in the rock core, you get two versions. Uh -huh. You get the Hallmark version, and then you're like, what is this version? So, the gritty, you know. But one thing 1970s, I got to thank you for. What, what, what? Well, yesterday, I, an actor producer friend of mine uh, texted me and said, listen, you know, we're uh, we're putting together this, this major motion picture. We need, we're, we're looking to cast. Like a radio announcer, can you send us a demo reel? And I responded, 
just go to Dick and Skippy in the mornings and you get two years of them right there. All those videos just all there right. for you to watch. Okay. So there you go. I'll let you know if I uh, get called in to audition for that. Cool. All right. Radio. So what's the screenplay, though? It's uh, uh, a feel-good movie. It's so a feel-good movie. What are, uh, are feel-good movies today? I don't really know. Well, it depends. You know, you got those faith-based ones like Fireproof, and you just have some feel-goods in general uh, showing the human condition. They tend to be like lower, you know, uh, 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 not lower quality, uh, lower finance, you know, like independent. Like would the Green Book be a feel-good movie? Which one's the Green Book? Where what that man that? drove around that oh, black uh, man? Oh, Big, Big Mortensen. Uh, yeah. Would that, that be that was, considered a good... I didn't really feel good about that movie. Well, no. A Feel Good is, uh, the movie about the, uh, the African-American women who were part of the space program. Okay. You know, the, the, the hidden heroes, heroes. on that. Yeah. Is it called Heroes? I, I can't remember, unfortunately, and I really want to see it, too. I'm just drawing a blank on the name. But, uh, this one is about a family who's going through some trying times because they have a daughter on the autism spectrum who has found a unique way to communicate. And the family's having to deal with it. Is there aliens involved? No, there's no aliens. Because that's always, like, I love that tie when people with autism or on the spectrum can communicate with aliens. Well, we are. That's my favorite. One thing I hate about when there's autism characters in movies and TV shows. superheroes? Yeah, all of them have, you know, they have the code to something. They, you know, sometimes you can just be autistic without being, you know, Maybe that could be the. Bobby Fisher. Maybe maybe that could be the twist to your Walking Phoenix movie. It turns out he's autistic. Well, remember the one point I said, uh, because of we're getting real comedians showing up in increasingly serious roles, the question is, is this happening in his head? Would Angel Has Fallen be a uh, feel-good movie? <laughs> no. I feel like that's a feel-good movie. That's, no. like, that's about America. Field of Dreams is that's a That's about America. Movie. The Cutting Edge. Field of Dreams. The Cutting Edge? Yeah. Really? That's yeah, a feel-good movie? That's a feel-good movie. He doesn't, he doesn't go back and play hockey, does he? He falls in love with Moira nah, Kelly. No, he liked hockey more. She's very bendable. She's a he, nice skater. She, he liked hockey more. Nah, he, he overcame it. All right, I'll get to if you. If I had hockey and I had more, if I had hockey in one hand and Moira Kelly in the other, I bet be people will feel good Moira after Kelly. they leave the theater after seeing Angel has fallen. <laughs> so it's like a feel good movie, right? It's, it is. You like know that what? movie was really sad. I take that back. It's not a feel good movie for me, but that doesn't mean it's I not mean, a feel good movie for you. I still can't believe they made three of those movies. Hey, if, if you make I mean, money, I dig go it. For I it. dig it, but it's just kind of like no one really asked for that, and that's why I think it's, it fits perfectly because it's, it's like. It's not like the, the sequel everybody asked for. No, we didn't. No. Well, it's kind of like, oh, let's remake Terminator four times, guys. But then I'm like, no, let's just do Angels Fall. <laughs> like, all right. Well, the Terminator just got a, it got so messy. They had to reboot. When they turned John Connor into I'm, a Terminator, I'm, I'm excited. That's where it's like, you know what? We got to reboot this I'm whole thing. I'm excited about seeing the new one. I am out. very excited. That's going to be a good movie. I mean, because I mean, the funny thing is they have Arnold in it, and I'm old think, Arnold. I know. So I'm thinking to myself, like, because we were talking about this yesterday on the ticket set, where writing can get controlled by your actors, and especially writing the screenplay. I was talking about folks, uh, the movie on Amazon Prime called Late Night. It has Lee. Is it Leah? Tom- and that's not Leah Thompson. What's her name? Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson is the uh, one of the actresses, and then it's also the girl from the mini project. But they couldn't decide who's the main character. And that's that really took away from screen time of developing each character because you didn't know which one it was really about. But when you have Arnold Schwarzenegger in your movie, it's like, well, we got to give him a role. I was like, no, just give him a cameo. Just have him like at the very beginning, being like the, all the soldiers and they die. Like you don't have to make him. Is he the same robot? Because in, in the trailer, he's it looks like he's the same robot, but didn't he die like three times? Well, it depends. After Terminator Two, you know, he goes. He, in yeah, the he melted too, with the, the thumbs so up. So is that the same robot? I don't know. 
I doubt it because Man. the skin kind of melted off. Hey, so we got to go to break because we have some guests coming in. But uh, we did note that uh, Brett says that A Dog's Purpose was a feel-good movie. I agree. So listeners, and I know you're listening, send us a comment or give us a call on the phone line. Let us know what your favorite feel-good movie is. We're not going to be answering the phone. Okay, so Are we? Yeah, why not? Well, you're having our guests come in. They can answer questions. So we got okay, an hour. Well, I got to set that up. Okay, we're going to set it up. We're going to well, take an extended break. Before we go to our break. We got tickets to give we out. We got t- tickets to give away. And so, folks, coming back, we're going to tell you how to get, how to win these tickets. We have four tickets to the Monster Truck Spectacular, brought to you by the Shriners here in Conroe. Happening at the Conroe Convention Center. Rain or shine, uh, the tickets are good for the Friday show tonight at 7, the Saturday show at 1, or Saturday at 7. There's four tickets uh, right here. If you like monster trucks, you want loud stuff, and you live in Conroe, or you can actually go to this event. We're not giving these away to people from California or anywhere else because we've had that before. And like, no, I live in Washington. Oh, well, you can't go to this event. So you have to be in here to actually go to the yeah, event. Winning the ticket is not enough. Yeah, you got to win on, it folks. to go Let's to be real. So when we come back from our extended break and everyone ready, we're going to say how to win it. And it's going to involve Facebook or our call-in message line. So it's going to be one, either one of those. So yeah. get your fingertips ready for something. If you Keep want to your fingertips ready. And when we do open the phone lines, it'll be 832-228-6388. Uh, That's no, totally wrong. Totally wrong. No, uh, 632. Oh, shoot. What is it? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to okay, tell you. Okay, don't call that number because that's wrong. <laughs> Dang it. We'll be back. <laughs> the phone number is actually on Facebook Live right now. It is 936-228-9368. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dick and Skippy. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpunk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com see our complete list of special events. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. 
Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B, and of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday, right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM, or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive, and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in Western Swing, Honky Tonk, Zydeco, Texas Blues, Outlaw Country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Dick and Skippy in the mornings, 10.03 on the dot in sunshiny downtown Conroe. Let you know it's already 84 degrees outside. It's going to be sunshiny all day, moonshiny all night, and nice and sunshiny over the weekend. Highs of 97 tomorrow, but not a cloud in the sky, which makes it perfect. Macbeth weather. Aren't you thrilled, Dick? Oh, yes. I can tell. Well, Your elation is just oozing. Well, what I'm thrilled thrill. is about telling people about a wonderful event that's free, and it's going to be beautiful weather. Did you say free? It's free. It's my favorite color. Oh, I really thought I was wrong there for a second, <laughs> and Sean's like, it's not free? Don't tell people that. You idiot. You idiot. Well, we should put out a tip jar, maybe, pay, pay my poor actor something. Speaking of which, I got some in the studio yeah. with us. This is awesome. Well, before we start, I want to tell people about when, where, what, all that kind of stuff. Cause the five dubs, who, yeah. when, where, and why. So what, what, what's going on tomorrow? What's going on tomorrow? Well, a couple of things going on tomorrow. It's the uh, Woodlands Arts in the Park, Shakespeare in the Park Festival. It's an annual festival. And uh, for the last five years, the Woodlands Township has partnered up with Upstage Theater as well as the Woodlands uh, Symphony Orchestra, to bring a free Shakespeare production to the masses, all, you know, 14 of them. It's been growing every year. Uh, it happens at Rob Fleming Park at the Pavilion. Last year we kind of got rained out, so they had a rain date at the uh, uh, facility across the street. But it's wonderful. It's free. Bring a picnic blanket. Bring a lawn chair. Uh, 
It starts at 6, the festival. There will be some vendors, some food trucks. And then later on, about 6.37, we're going to start the show. And Macbeth, like, uh, hopefully you've never seen it before. No. Yeah. To be honest, all the Shakespeare stuff is mushed into one show for me. And, like, after about halfway Swords through. And tights, that's all you. Well, no, it's more see. of, like, is this Midsummer Night or is this. Much do about nothing. Is this Macbeth? Is this Hamlet? I'm like, which one is this? Before you met me, you didn't even know a single title. Is it King Herod? That King Herod is it? King? There's another one, right? Henry. Henry. There's there's several Henrys, but yeah. Well, someone gave me the complete works as a gift, and I was like, "Is you really think this is something I want to do?" Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Like he looked like one of those people. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'll dig it. But so Macbeth, that's Macbeth. that's not Macbeth. No, it's Mac. It's Macbeth. I learned that one. Yeah, this week. Uh-huh. And so. we can say it because you know that's the cursed play, and there's a theater tradition. If you say it inside a theater when it's not going on, you got to go outside. When you say the word Macbeth. When you say the word Macbeth. Mm-hmm. You got to. And I've seen this curse in action, so I take it very yeah. seriously. So if someone says it, if we're putting on another show, you go outside, you, you turn really around weird. three times, you spit, you ask permission to come back. But in. what happens if I said no? I meant MC Beth. I don't care. Really? I, I I saw a 20-foot flat fall down around an actor who was standing in the doorway. And he said it? Yeah, just beforehand. This, no, this is after he runs through the doorway, his toga catches on Why the Why does it have to be a negative nail? curse? How many Why? positive curses do we know of? I'm, well, I think we can kind of <laughs> determine what a curse... Like I think you can say a good curse, can't you? That would be... Uh, more of a whammy or a hex. We may have those more versed in this than I. Uh, we can ask. But so you're saying now why? Why does it have to do with Shakespeare? Because Shakespeare's never been like a bad person. So why is it? Why is bad things have to happen when you say something from Shakespeare? Well, Macbeth is universally considered his darkest play. Okay. And think about back in the 16th century when he wrote this. They, the people, firmly felt, believed, they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that monarchs were divinely appointed. That the king yeah. or the queen was chosen Weren't by God. The times. So therefore, anytime someone usurped the throne, that was literally going against God's plan, oh, in which man. case bad things happen until order is restored by a right okay. king. Okay, re- I get where you're going throne. with this. So order has to be restored in the theater. Right. And in Macbeth, there's some parts where, you know, the night where Macbeth decides to kill the, the rightful king and take over, you know, there's people talk about, wow, you know, three-headed owls are born and the voices crying through the heavens and stars falling and volcanoes blowing up. And it's just to drive forth the fact that... So don't, don't, don't do say the word Macbeth. We can now because we're actually producing Macbeth. Okay. But if, Lucky you know, y'all. if I went over to where Mama Me is playing this oh, weekend, I opened so the door funny. and it yelled Macbeth, they would hunt me down and shoot me like you a like duck. Get one of those speakers that are, like, remote. I'm going to do that. That'd be pretty wild. So, uh, Macbeth, tell me, give me the characters, and I want to know who's in the studio, if there are any of those characters. Oh, are you guys background people? Right. No, the, background the, people are my favorite actors. We got some characters, all right. Well, we were going to have, like, um, traditionally one of the smaller roles, the servant, uh, was Emily Young, but unfortunately she's feeling sick. But I did manage to snag Mr. and Mrs., Mac themselves. Okay. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Because one thing I love about the, the the presentation we are doing on Saturday is it's post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. So that, that gives you a lot more options to do with your character. Like when I was saying of background characters, mm-hmm. think about people in the background of post-apocalyptic world. Like they're scratching holes in their bodies and there's like... <laughs> 
you know, and there's they're eating bugs, little R two units, and, and they're, yeah, and they're loot. They have teeth, uh-huh. and it's just like, man, it's great. Well, no, this is my problem. Everything that's post apocalyptic, every movie, that's every great. Show, people just suddenly decided not to are peeing on anymore. the street. Yeah. I guess they do that anyway, Macbeth, right? Like that. What, was, what was it like during that time? People just pee everywhere. Yeah. So okay, so cool. Do you know, like in the 18th century, the best way to kill someone in a sword fight, you didn't try to ram them through the heart. You just take your blade, run it through the the stuff in the street, which was like everybody's chamber pots which had been, you know, filled with yeah. bad germs, and then to slash them in the arm. Blood poisoning would set in, they'd die horribly. So you'd want to die by death. For, yeah, like, you'd, you'd want to, yeah. Where they say, be kind, aim for my heart, the, the, that, well, that was heartfelt. Okay. So we got, we got the king and queen? We then? got the king and, we could, yeah, the, the usurper king. Okay. Because in this, well, don't ruin the, the the plot. I don't know if you die or anything. I okay, imagine. the story's so, five hundred years old. I think. <laughs> I think don't ruin it for I me. Think we're past Spoiler the, the points. Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so we have Johnny Barton, who's not only is an awesome uh, actor director himself, but he's also from Mortal uh, Enemy alternate radio station K Star, appearing Conroe. Okay. <laughs> I was like, where's this going? What's, what, is it from that uh, other radio station, the other guy, the caller on Monday's from? Yeah, did, was that a plant? Was that you calling us? Oh, you know, I, I, I think it might have been. Me. Okay, oh, I, knew, I thought I, I recognized that, that voice. And then I also have, uh, okay, now my brain's goes. <laughs> sorry, Laura Cachamelio. Tell me I got that right. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, what, what did I screw up on? Cachamelio. Cachamelio. Mm-hmm. I, I went Melio. Yeah. Okay, Cachamelio. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's playing Lady Macbeth? And I've also got Mark Cachimilio, <laughs> who is the assistant director. And he's, you know, maybe surprised to hear that, but he's uh, Laura's husband. Be- became an integral part of the production, you know, helping out with bringing in props, uh, helping with lines and stuff. And it's like, you know what? You've been assistant director and everything but name. So, you know, you're assistant director now. Congrats. Man, you're you just, you just give so I much, hand out awards you like give out so much hope to people. I do. I'm very it's inspiring amazing. like yeah. that. What a what a great thing. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a curse yeah. to be so, you know, awesome. Don't say Sean's name in the theater. He'll give you joy and awards. But enough about us, let's talk to the actors because I, I want to get their perspective. Now, th- they're in that awkward moment because, you know, they are in the room with the director, so they have to... No, actually, these. Yeah, how much does Sean? <laughs> they're not going to. Well, let me ask. Okay, I got to ask this because Shakespeare's always been a neat thing for me. Because I have no idea about it, but it to me, it's like the the groundwork for any actor to learn how to act. It helps. Mm-hmm. And some people do it so much just by they don't sit there and memorize the lines every day. It's more of I've been in ten productions of Macbeth, so I kind of know everyone's lines. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when you guys join this production, and you do you even need a director? Oh, we don't need him. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a strange scenario because you're like, yeah, I know my lines. Well, like, um, when Shakespeare wrote his plays, the thing was they weren't any directors really at that time. So a lot of the things that he wrote into the dialogue is not for the audience, but it's actually for the actor mm-hmm. because it allows them to explore parts of the character okay. that uh, a director would do today. Um, there's tons of different examples, and of course I can't think of one off the top of my head, but within the dialogue itself, one of the reasons why it's so long is because it's very detailed about how the actor needs to focus on this aspect of his character versus this one and this one. So uh, there's a lot of direction in the text itself. I like it because, especially, like, Sean, are you happy so far with the decisions these actors have taken? Yes. Because you seem like a... 
an, an not an easygoing director, but you're more of both sides. Like you can tell me what you want to try, and let's try it. If, if I don't think it works, I'll tell well, you. Well, much like in film, you can tell a film director from their style, yeah. or, and what I love when I, especially Shakespeare, because Shakespeare is pretty much the only playwright in the universe where you can set it in the Old West in the Civil War, post-apocalyptic, and it's allowed. And I feel if he were alive today, he would allow that to happen. He's all about the. Because, uh, as, as Johnny pointed out, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there for the actors to do, but it's not like walk left here, stop, think pensively, scratch your nose. You know, it's not that kind of stage direction. It's uh, basically it's you enter, a whole bunch of dialogue, but you can interpret it in any number yeah. of ways, and then you exit. So with me, I the charge I get is, A, anyone who's not familiar with Shakespeare, getting them familiar with it, not scared of him, because... They say, well, there's just so many words. And it's like, that's only the first half. Here's the Star Wars script. Try to picture the whole movie in your head just by reading the script. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. That's just the first part. It's the bones. So I like giving the bones and pretty much telling the actors, come up with things that I wouldn't. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good director, but I'm only one guy. And, like, Laura needs to know Lady Macbeth much better than I do. And Laura's been very intimately familiar with Lady Macbeth and all aspects of her for the last, what, two months now. Yeah. And, you know, Mark's had to pretty much sleep with Lady Macbeth night after night and see this, this <laughs> transition man. happen. I can go both ways. So every actor, and i got to say from Johnny as Macbeth and Laura's Lady Macbeth down to Emily as servant, who does basically, she's the messenger coming on from time to time saying there's, you know, barbarians at the gate, to little Liz, because i got three Liz's and i got to, you know, separate them by size, uh, who is the drunk porter in one scene, uh, to uh, young Rowan, who literally, I, well, we gave him a line, but, you know, <laughs> dies horribly on stage and is going to wrench hearts when this happens. All of them came up with things that I didn't, mm -hmm. down to a costume, down to a, how something's delivered. Uh, and so every now and then I'll point out, well, this, this word needs to be pronounced this way, take a pause here. But for the most part, I like letting them run with it and see where, where they go with it. And I think they come across the board. I think in a post-apocalyptic world, drug abuse will be heavy. Apocalyptic. 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 Oh, I got my speech coach here today. Yes, yeah, yes you. you do. So is there going to be drug use in it? Well, um, alcohol oh, yeah. is a drug, so I yes. Uh, oh, oh, you mean the, the, the characters? Yeah, because I feel oh, like the in, actors, a, in, yeah. in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world, uh, so I everyone thought, be I thought shooting you talked about us as, as, you know, yeah, you think I'm doing the show sober, you're out of your mind, buddy. Well, okay, let me ask the, the assistant director this question. When the post-apocalyptic world was presented, is that really part of this? Like, why did you choose that? Because I feel like now you have to put emphasis on that. Well, you what? forced me to tell you a reason. Okay. Actually, two reasons. One, I, I, I like doing interpretive Shakespeare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're like having fun with it. Because yeah. you've done it 10,000 times. Now, I must, here we, here we go. Not only do we have rival radio station representatives in our studio, but there's also next month in Tomball in October, the Tomball Shakespeare Festival is putting on Macbeth, the it's, same show. It's actually called Shakespeare in the Shade. Shakespeare in the Shade. And, in fact, some of my actors, many of my actors are actually in this other one as well, playing different roles. And I called the director of that one and said, where are you setting yours? And he said, we're doing it standard, traditional. Pre-apocalyptic. Yeah, 11th, 12th century. You know, we're going to have kilts and armor and whatever. I said, okay, great. So in order to stylistically make sure we were polar opposite, I because I, I could have I could have set this in the 1920s for all. I, yeah, that's what I was trying to figure know. out because I feel like when you make a decision like that, it's like, all right, so we have to do a better set. Are we, are the, are the clothes have to be a specific way. 
and you're kind of well, fit yeah. Well, your... last year we did a comedy, uh, Much Ado About Nothing, and we set it at the end of World War II when the sailors. You remember mm-hmm. that iconic Time magazine cover of the sailor kissing the nurse? Mm-hmm. Well, we actually did that, and it was it was all the sailors coming home from from war, and so it was 1940s. At that point, this one was just stylistically, I wanted to just pull her opposite from, like, there are no swords in this one at all. The weapons are lead pipes and crowbars and rocks. I mean, I've seen DiCaprio's, you know. Oh, his Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. I think that was one of the was most. Was that, like, Miami or something like that? Or was that? Uh, well, it, it, they <laughs> shot it in Mexico, but I think it was I one of the I feel like it was Miami. I don't know. Visually brilliant uh, interpretations of Shakespeare I've ever seen. Okay. I, I don't personally, know. But, uh, but we've been talking, but Laura's been oddly silent over here. I want to hear from, <laughs> I want to hear from Lady Macbeth. What do you want to hear? Dick, ask her a question. She 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 gets questions from me like twenty four seven. So it's well, on you now. I, what I like about actors is they they have their own method. Mm-hmm. And what's your method? How about that? Tell me that. Um, being, being prepared. <laughs> what, what other famous uh, Lady Macbeth? Is it Lady Macbeth or is yes. it Queen? Lady. Okay. Lady. Uh, what other famous actresses have played your role? And is that is oh, that do anything for you or? No, I... Helen Mirren, Judy Dench. Dench. Uh, I, there's a list. It, it's yeah. one of those. There are certain iconic roles, mm-hmm. especially for women. Yeah, Lady Macbeth is probably one, in my opinion, Shakespeare's best written and and deepest female character. Really? So this is a bucket list role. Oh, there you for go. Me. Um, I I. My method is really to make sure I avoid anybody else's interpretation while I'm creating my own. <laughs> um, I'm a, very much a, a, a method actor, so what I like to do is get the script out of my hand as quickly as possible so that the words become second nature yeah. and I can work on the emotional uh, depth of the character, what her life is. and Do you see that being a uh, challenge when, say, your counterpart's your husband? I imagine you have scenes together. I know that's your husband in real life, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm talking about the king, yeah. or, and you're trying to work off each other, right? There, I imagine there's a lot of scenes between the two. Oh, yes. yes. Uh-huh. And so when you're doing this method, and then you show up on stage for the first rehearsal, and, you, and you're like, oh, man, this guy's not clicking with it. Does that happen? Is it going to be good? Well, that that has not happened at all in this. Well, this is. I was trying to bring up some. Well, a lot, <laughs> of, that, a lot of that is dependent. That's where it can fall down on the director because yeah. it's mm-hmm. his job to cast it, and I have turned down vastly more number of people than I've cast. You, you know, there's only so many there's roles. Always, there's always so many. Always more people show up than there are roles available. In fact, I directed a show where there were nine roles available and 90 people showed up, which meant literally nine out of every ten got the bad phone call from me. Saying, And almost every actor, it's become standard to ask, what did I do wrong? And I've had to say... Or you could make it a zombie setting and everyone could be a zombie. Well, with Shakespeare, right? I, I can hire, like, you know, you want to be a villager? I'll give you, you know, stuff to do. But there's some shows where you can only have five people yeah. or eight people. You know, you don't have any extras. In our production right now, there's actually 24 people in our cast, mm-hmm. and there's actually more roles in the play. So if we had more people, we could actually do that. We could easily do about 35 mm-hmm. people in the show, uh, but for practical reasons, we can't do that. Um, so, you know, w- when when you're doing a Shakespeare in the show, the, he was at a time when there was tons of roles just there. Mm-hmm. available for people 
nowadays it's kind of difficult uh, when you're dealing with uh, either community theater or small-scale theater to find good quality actors that can handle that sort of thing. So sometimes you just have to double or triple up. Well, let me ask all you guys. Say I'm, I'm listening right now and I want to show up. What, what else is going on? It's just this one play and then it's over? Is it kind of a, what, like a one-night event? Come enjoy some very good actors and directing. And like, if you enjoy Shakespeare, this is a good opportunity. Is there anything else going on around this, or is this just like a well, a mobile show kind of thing? There. Well, in this particular one, it is a a one and done. We're going to come up there. We're going to do a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we will also quite mention is that uh, we're going to be kicking off uh, the new theater here in the Woodlands called. Shh. Oh yeah. Oh, there Can't we go. That. What a promo we'll talk about that in the future right there but no i was just trying to figure out because to me when you're dealing with especially in the woodlands there's a lot of families and it's Mm -hmm. like i don't want to lug my nine kids into my suburban and then how long is the play like an hour oh no it's about (laughs) (laughs) it depends on the actors it's in the two hour range okay so it's a full production yes Yes, for free Yes, full yes. mm-hmm. production for free. And Man, so this is a real. Is there popcorn and stuff? There will be food trucks. There will be. Yeah. There's a huge oh. part. See, there you go. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to figure there's out. There's a playground. Oh yeah, it's for the whole family now. People so have been so calling. Some the poor soul is going to show up halfway and be like, "What's going on over here?" Well, we Sit get down that. and be like, "Is this Hamlet? <laughs> is this which one is this?" Well, so. it's nice. We've been rehearsing out there all week long. We've actually had people in the mm-hmm. park just doing the thing. Yeah. and kids walk up and just get enthralled for you know half an yeah, hour. That was so cool. <laughs> but it's for the whole family. If you have younger ones, because people have been calling the township saying, you know, what's the rating of this? Is it, can I yeah, bring my kid? So did you take my suggestion to have the blood scenes just like gush out? Yeah, we're going to Monty like, Python every <laughs> We got to gush you here. But uh, I've told the township so to tell people calling in that if this were a movie, it would be a, a hard PG, maybe PG-13. Yeah. We don't recommend it for on the average kid of maybe 12 and up. However, there are six-year-olds who could handle it just fine yeah. and dandy. Mm-hmm. And they're like my 17-year-old daughter wouldn't be able to handle it. She's just not a, a creepy watching kind of gal. So would, it's always good. Oh, people to the die. It's not. But it's, oh, good, yes. It just gets down to the parents' ability. Like uh, we, we have young Rowan, who's Lauren Marks. How old is he? 13. He's Yes, he? he is, really. Wow. I know, he looks eight. Yeah, he, 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 look, he looks younger than he is, but... Uh, and he dies? He dies horribly, uh-huh. too, yeah. The, the hor- horrible deaths happen. Is this like Gladiator in the beginning where his son dies? Like he gets hung up and stuff? How bad are we talking? We're not going to hang him up. Okay. Because <laughs> I remember well, seeing that and I was like, that's pretty bad. If he keeps moving props around, we may revisit that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it sounds like a lot of fun. So food trucks. So this is a, an event, not just a free two No, this hour. is a festival in the park. In the this past, cool. it's been like an all-day festival. But yeah. then they realized that... No one really cared but for the play. They would show up for the play yeah. in droves. Yeah. So they'd say, yeah, we're going to have an So uh, if I'm listening, what time should I show up and enjoy myself? You because know, I'm going to let these people, I've been talking nonstop. Let's let Mark yeah. answer this one. Yeah, Mark, tell me, man. Well, from what I understand, from what I understand it's uh, about 6 o'clock or something. Okay. That's when it starts? The, the festival. Like the festival yeah. starts. So right. come hungry at 6 o'clock and mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. show t- starts when? Uh, around 7. Oh, no. 6.30. 6.30? Okay. Yeah. Somewhere in the okay. 6.30 range. Okay. Yeah, and the, the Woodland Symphony will also be uh, providing music. Background music? And background mm-hmm. okay. So they'll be doing uh, some pre-show That's pretty music cool. as well as... Yeah. Um, People want to the get underscore. there early. Yeah. We all ring a bell? I feel like a bell will be rung. Uh, there's like going to be a bell <laughs> yeah. that's rung. There's going to be thunder. 
Um, lightning. Possibly lightning. Like a nuclear explosion? The way you kill him. No, that, no, is that how not, you started? Not quite that big, but uh, uh, when, uh, if you're familiar with the, uh, with the script, the very first scene are the three weird sisters, or the mm-hmm. witches, as most people oh. commonly know. Mm-hmm. And are, they, are they the ones that make the predict- predictions? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm remembering I'm this. I'm so proud of you, Dad. I'm remembering this. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, Macbeth is actually a really great guy. He just gets really bad career advice from the women around him. That's what it is. <laughs> if it, in modern days, he'd be saying, mistakes were made. <laughs> okay, I like it. So six o'clock for food and all that stuff. You can show up a little early because it's in the park. So mm-hmm. if you're just enjoying your day, stop by and then you want to you want to get there a little early to claim your spot on the yeah, lawn. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first come, first serve. And make sure you bring your lawn chairs and things like that. If you want to sit on the ground, bring a blanket. Uh, maybe some light snacks. Uh, there are limited food trucks there. I mean, there's not a huge catering thing there, but I believe there's going to be like um, one of those shaved ice trucks and a couple other things like that. So there'll be refreshments available. Yeah, the sun, it's telling me, sets at around 7.30. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I planned that. So, when yeah. we were choosing dates, I was actually trying to, trying to yeah. find out where the set set was because it as the play progresses and gets darker, and uh, I want Laura to briefly talk about kind of her journey as Lady Macbeth because she has this really un- wonderful unraveling scene. It gets darker, and like tonight is the full harvest moon as well, and the moon was rising behind the stage last night. We were trying to get pictures of it, so we couldn't have asked for a better date and time. How, uh, how does the setting affect Lady Macbeth's journey? Oh, the, the full moon mm-hmm. and the... she going insane? Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. She talks the talk, but when it comes to walking the walk, man. Well, um, I mean, her journey is she's very, very strong female character, and she helps persuade Macbeth to take the step that he needs to take to fulfill the prophecy that the witches have made about him becoming king. Mm-hmm. Um, and her strength starts to go away when she stops being treated as an equal, when he starts making decisions without her, is when her loss of control in that and his, his taking on of the power um, breaks her, because the decisions he makes without her are the things that lead to her breaking. And that happens throughout the whole play. That, that happens over the course of the play. That's cool. Laura, let me ask you, do people, because I'm a Shakespearean junkie, so it's like, of course I understand what's going on. Do you think people are going to get with the with the acting? Because we are talking language that's four mm-hmm. or 500 years old. But the average Joe walking into the park that night, are they going to get what's going on? I think they are. Okay. I mean... My kids have, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Shakespeare junkie, but my children are not as into it as I am. And they've come to watch the show, Rowan's doing it, and they're getting the nuances of what's going on. And this is not, they've never seen Macbeth before. I mean, they, I think they've seen it once. Um, but this isn't, Shakespeare's not something that they really do No one lot. wakes up in the morning and goes, woohoo, I gotta read King Lear. Well, I do, well, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> Nuts like you and I do, but... Um, I think, uh, if we do our jobs right with, uh, projecting the characters, I think what, what we're trying to say comes across, 
Um, Shakespeare is one of the perfect examples of plays where you can understand what's going on, even not understanding the language. And I have an absolutely perfect example of that. When I was in college, we had a Kiev troupe come over, and they did Midsummer Night's Dream you're in the, Russia. You're talking about Russian people? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kiev, I've heard of that. Yeah, they did the entire play Famous in Russian. Famous for their chicken. <laughs> Everyone knew exactly what was going on through the entire play. It was completely hysterical, and you could not understand a single word that was being said, but you knew what was happening because they could portray it so well. And I think that's the magic of Shakespeare is that it can be portrayed in that way, even without necessarily understanding every word. I think one of the, <clears throat> one of the biggest problems that people have when they say, oh, I don't want to touch Shakespeare is because their first introduction to it is reading it in an English classroom in the ninth grade or something of that nature. They're reading Romeo and Juliet. Shakespeare was never meant to be read. It was meant to be watched, enjoyed, and absorbed. And when you watch a performance of it, especially a a good one, you are completely sucked into it because that was really the only real good form of entertainment they had at that time. So No one had cable. You can't can't emote on paper. Exactly. And when, when people sit down, they read it, they struggle with the these and the thous, and, and, and they, don't, they just don't get it. Woods and kutz. They just don't get it because you know, the language is so old. But if they sit and watch a performance of it, it connects really easily. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about Shakespeare is he's not writing about the events of the day. He's writing about the human condition, mm-hmm. and that never changes. Uh, Macbeth... His problem is he has this ambition and he's ambivalent. But as soon as, uh, as soon as the prophecies start and he, oh, spoiler alert, he kills Duncan. Uh, it's like the floodgates are open now. He is on track to do whatever it takes to keep his power, mm-hmm. and that means killing his best friend and his son and everyone else that gets in the way. Um, no problem. He'll kill servants uh, of his enemies in a castle of Fife. He doesn't care. All he cares about is keeping that power. And uh, so that that's the nice thing about Shakespeare is he's writing about that human condition that mm-hmm. everyone can relate to. But it was never, ever, ever meant to be read. It was meant to be watched. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if we said that someone's asking, is there shade? Uh, yeah, Dennis, who likes to throw shade all the time anyways. Oh. <laughs> Dennis brings his own shade, but... Uh, not only will the sun be setting behind people, so at 6 o'clock it's pretty much hanging just over the tree line, so by 6.30 the sun will be, it's not overhead. And it's also directly behind. The stage faces the west. In fact, we even worked that into it when one of the witches at the beginning says, we'll meet at the, at the setting of the sun. She's pointing at the sun as it's literally setting in front of her behind the audience. So if you're like me, a walking carcinoma, wear a hat for the first hour, but then... It'll, it'll get dusk and dark, and and it's free. So stop complaining. And it's free. My favorite color. That's well, great. I'm excited about it, about what happens because it seems like you have some good people. I with have you. some amazing casting crew. So. Uh, you know, I've yet to have a bad cast in in the Shakespearean productions, but these this casting crew in particular has really stepped up with their desire. To, when I when I gave them the setting and said I want you to come up with ideas, every I think everyone's costume idea is their own. Everyone's weapon idea, for the most part, is their own, where I said it's not a sword. Pick a weapon that best suits you. So we have someone with a baseball bat. We have someone with a crowbar. 
we have someone with a, a, a bow, you know, a, yeah. a quarter staff. Uh, there are costumes. You know, Another we have, thing you could do, since it's in the future, there's, it probably stinks. So you should get, like, raw meat and, like, rotten stuff. No, see, and, I, I and want let the, the audience. You want the audience to go, is there, like, a sewage line around No, so that, that'd like, be setting it back in the 12th century, like <laughs> the other production. No, and I started to say this earlier. One thing that just bugs the snot out of me when you, when you have a post-apocalyptic movie or something, like Walking Dead or Revolution like, or anything, scab people just decide to stop shaving and bathing. And no, you can still, there's still water. No, there's not. You can still heat up water. There was a sharp knife where you can shave with. And so with Macbeth, Duncan, who's the rifle king, has actually tried to bring civilization back. He's a good king, and that's the whole point. Why would Macbeth want to kill him when a good thing's going on? It's because he's been told you're going to be the king. So he's like, well, I need to make this happen. And things go worse. So people have clothes. They put oh, on... Oh, man, is this show... I mean, all right. Yeah, no, no loincloths, <laughs> not this time. I can see that. I can see someone deciding to do Shakespeare in tights, like all unitards. Oh, we've done... Well, what's Johnny, as Johnny was saying earlier, Shakespeare talks about the human condition. It's one of the reasons why you can um, interpret it in different yeah. ways. That whether Romeo and Juliet is set in 16th century Verona or... Post-apocalyptic Conrad. Or the Civil War. It, the, the message is the same. You have two warring factions okay. and innocent bystanders in the middle. Much Ado About Nothing could easily be a Hallmark Christmas movie. It's a comedy about, you know, two people who... Melissa Joan Hart to follow be in it. Is yeah, with Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, and Melissa Joan Hart. Hart. Perfect. You could, you could have perfect. Much Ado About Nothing as a Hallmark movie about two people refusing to fall in love, but they do anyways. It, it's timeless. It doesn't, And that's why we can set it all over the place. Well, well tell, tell the listeners one more time what's going on. I'm going to let Johnny take over for that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're going to let me speak now? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, this is going to be the uh, Woodlands uh, Shakespeare in the Park. It's okay. the Arts in the Park. It happens once a year, and it's going to be taking place at Rob Fleming Park in the Woodlands. That's actually located on Creekside in the Creekside subdivision. Uh, we'll be on the pavilion, and it's going to start uh, at 6 o'clock with the show starting about 6.30. It will go into the night, and uh, you definitely want to show up a little bit early, bring lawn chairs or a blanket to sit on, bring some snacks if you like. There will be some limited food trucks that are available as well, and get ready for a great time. Uh, I just wanted to clarify one thing. Macbeth is actually a good king, just everyone disagrees with him. <laughs> team Macbeth right here. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag Team Macbeth. There we go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great performance. Uh, it's it's kind of bittersweet because we put in six weeks worth of work, uh, you know. Uh, we, I just, uh, I'm amazed it's a full production Well, there's, and it's free. There's never really a full production of Shakespeare because if it was that, it would be about five hours long. Really? Oh, yeah, because there's. Yeah, you, just, have, you have to cut. We're at two, we're at two hours and something Why right would you now? have to cut? Because he writes five acts worth of stuff. So you cut, you cut acts? Well, you can cut scenes or characters or, or, really? or some. Yeah, so sometimes it's essential. Sometimes there are subplots. There are also situations where maybe people would go after Macbeth saying, you know what, this role needs to be beefed up a bit because I was in it. And that's why there are different versions of the same play. I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is abridged? Is that the word? Not really. It's about 80% of the full play, but there are just a couple of scenes that are truncated down or some large monologues that are shrunk down. Okay. You, you still get that. the gist. Do people still do the full length? Fairly rarely. Why? Yeah. Like oh, that's because we're no longer a society that can handle a five-hour anything. 
Okay. Yeah, after about an hour and a half, people's butts get numb. So that's why they uh, the, the Harry yeah. Potter play. They split it into two nights because yeah, nice. you just can't handle. Yeah, there's only one movie. There's version only so many bathrooms of any Shakespeare. That's the entirety of the play, and it's Branagh's Hamlet, and mm-hmm. he did the full play, and it was only shown in arts, very, very special at the arts theaters Oaks, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's. <sighs> What, really? Like five or six hours? No, it's, it's not like five, five hours. hours. Eight, but it's 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 the full length. It's the full production. I never you know? knew they cut it down. I thought it was always, always the original. <coughs> well, again, you work. can tell that it's been cut. It's been added to because in Romeo and Juliet, the first thing that said was, "All this is going down to the next two hours traffic of our stage," and there is not a theater troupe in the universe that can put the full text of Romeo and Juliet down to two hours. Nope. It is a four-hour show, mm-hmm. and so Shakespeare wrote it to be two hours. But somehow they got severely bloated. Mm-hmm. How? People added to it. So people have been adding to this. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to look at it historically. When Shakespeare was putting performances on, literally that was the biggest deal of the day. So to all go day. to the theater. It, okay. it was a huge event. And you'd come and you'd watch, and all of Shakespeare's plays are five acts long. Okay. Uh, and uh, the, the size of the acts are... You know, they, they vary. Uh, there can be up to seven or eight scenes in one particular act, or there could be three. It just depends on the play. But when he was putting these things on back then, the theater was the only form of entertainment that was there. Yeah. I mean, they had things like animal fights and things like that. But right, as far yeah. as, you know, there was no cable TV, there was no internet, there was, there was no version YouTube. of mass media. Yeah, exactly. So this was the... Spotty Wi-Fi. This was the... Uh, mm-hmm. Highlight form of entertainment of the day, mm-hmm. so it was really important. You you had everyone from the queen and, and royalty that would be wanting to watch these shows, all the way down to the groundlings who paid a penny to to come mm-hmm. in and see. So uh, yeah, so for a penny they got a full day's worth of entertainment, mm-hmm. and a lot of the dialogue in Shakespearean plays is is directed at the masses. There's oh, a lot of the humor, there's a lot of sexual humor. There's a lot of, oh, you know... Shakespeare is very dirty, very body. Stuff. Second yeah. only to Chaucer. like five-hour plays, you can kind of get everything in there. Yeah, right. well, that's so. the thing. It's Romeo and Juliet is a comedy till people start... It's a romantic comedy till people start dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macbeth, we've got some funny scenes in there. Oh, there there's gosh. a porter scene. The little Liz just gets applause every night because she plays this drunk porter, which Shakespeare wrote because the king's just been murdered and you need, the audience was tripping out, so you needed a, a funny moment mm-hmm. to relieve really the tension. And so you get this drunk porter coming out, and we have this four-foot-six blonde fireball playing this drunk role. She is really and, awesome. And, she's, <laughs> and she, she owns it. For, for mm-hmm. two minutes, she owns the stage, and people mm-hmm. just do So it. the play starting at 6.30 tomorrow is a two-hour, roughly around two hours. Ish. Yeah. Ish. And there'll, there'll be food trucks beforehand, and probably during, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of mm-hmm. come and go. Yeah, and the, the actors will be microphones. There will be, yeah. so you don't have to, like, get up close and hear it. You know, you'll yeah. be able to hear it. Oh, good. Getting, so yeah, you first can, come, first serve. You can run to the seating. bathroom. Bathrooms. There's a bathroom there, so you, nice. there bathrooms, so you can listen. As I figure in the park, you just go. But well, we're men. Well, the world is. There's some clear. trees in the back. We're too, civilized. Really, yeah, the woodlands guys. There's trees everywhere. <laughs> That's right. And uh, is there any other thing y'all want to tell people? Like, most importantly, just show up. And mm-hmm. if you need things to be comfortable, like towels to sit on, uh, lawn chairs are those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. lawn chairs. Yeah, folding uh, chairs. Folding chairs. I get that. Don't Bring all your long... long uh, I don't think you want to bring a recliner or a lazy yeah. boy out Let's there. Let's see how extreme you'll get. Be a little uh, but yeah, so bring that, and then there's... Uh, I, do they allow food and drinks into the park? Yeah. Yes. No 
alcohol, I believe, and no glass. Be, yeah. be safe. Just don't. I'm not sure, but leave the booze in a metal flask that you can hide easily if you must bring it, and don't bring any glass. Now, is is this event put on to fundraise, or is this just something that nope. the township goes, we want to do something really cool and unique? It's something and- uh, Upstage Theater, and what Johnny's hard to say is, you know, this has been co-produced by Upstage Theater and the Woodland Symphony in partnership with the township for the last five years. Okay. And so I'll Upstage phrase it like, Theater... Right. Is you guys? Yeah, that's the that's the presenting theater company. Okay. And what Johnny started talking about, we'll, we'll announce tomorrow, is that this could be the okay. last production of Upstage Theater, oh. and we'll dun, make dun, an dun, dun. we'll make an announcement about that tomorrow. What a Shakespearean thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, with bated breath, we yeah. hold. Okay, there you go, folks. That's right. Macbeth going live over there in the Woodlands. What's the, what's the th- uh, park again called? It's Rob Fleming Park. Rob Fleming Park. Right next to the Rob Fleming Aquatic We're going to put links and stuff in the yeah, description. Yeah, uh, I think it's 6565 Creekside Forest Drive. Okay. Basically, it's just out of the Woodlands between Gosling and Kirkendall. Cool. Well, uh, I guess that's it, guys. Anything else? Yeah. Everyone take it out, man. We've been talking nonstop. All I want to say is I can't wait for next year when we do Othello. <laughs> yeah, that's, an, that's an inside joke. Get the camera off me for a second. <laughs> there we go. I got it. Is that it, guys? That's Anything else you want to say? Well, break a leg. You good? I'm good. Break Mark, a leg, guys. Oh, uh, I do want to say if you come, uh, uh, feel free to bring actors' gifts. We love them. Uh, <laughs> Flowers, yeah, well, chocolate. We take small, <laughs> small and mark bills. There. There you go. And food. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna take a quick break here on Dick and Skippy. When we come back, we're gonna give away those tickets to the monster truck. Happening today and tomorrow. And don't forget, if you do go in those tickets, you still have time to go see Macbeth. We'll be right back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh-brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Second Saturday Divorce Workshop provides unbiased information to help you understand your options and move forward with your life. This divorce workshop is for you if you are contemplating divorce, in the process of divorce, already filed for divorce, or post-divorce. You will explore the emotional, legal, and financial aspects of divorce from professionals who have guided others through divorce. For more information on this divorce workshop, contact SecondSaturdayWoodlands.com or call 832-375-0900. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. 
Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift than a flight on a historic B-17? Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 647 3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast paced, hard hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour.
Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCCW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. All right, welcome back to Dig and Skippy in the Mornings here on IRLoneStar.com. Hanging out in the studio of Lone Star Community Radio. And, Sean, you keep moving, man. i got to fix this camera. Killing me, man. We're on FacebookLive.com slash Dick and Skippy. Uh, we only got a couple more minutes left, so we're going to give away these tickets. We have two sets or two pairs to this weekend's Monster Truck Spectacular brought to you by the Shiners at the Conroe Convention Center. This is a real... Monster truck deal, folks. So uh, one thing that's unique about this, if you've ever been to a monster truck show, what I like about what they're doing is this isn't like at Reliance Stadium where you're in the nosebleeds and you can still hear the cars. Like, this is happening here in Conroe, and they're they're crushing stuff. So you can actually they're get every it. seat's a good seat pretty much here. And so we're giving away two sets. It's $40 value for each set, and it's rain or shine, and this is general mission. And basically what I'm holding up right here. The ticket uh, is good for, on the back, I found out, it's good for tonight, 7 p.m., tomorrow's show at 1 p.m. or 7 p.m. So you have three options if you win these tickets. And how we're going to give them away, it's very simple. We have uh, several ways to communicate with us, and the first two will get the tickets to it. And you have to be able to attend the event. So first two people get two tickets each. Yes. Okay. So uh, to do that, all you got to do is message on Facebook. Message, not comment or anything. It has to be a direct message saying you want to get the tickets. Or you can call us at 936-228-9368. Leave a message and say who you are and how we can contact you back. Or text that number. That's uh, 936-228-9368. Text it and say your name and you're interested, and we'll work out getting you those tickets as soon as we can. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, monster truck. I know my nephew's going, and I had to go pick up my mom, unfortunately, from... My uh, brother's graduation from the FBI, whatever that is. Congratulations to, to so that was your a, brother that was a that debacle. One. Trying to figure out who's picking her up, who's taking the nephews. <laughs> well, what's funny is like last year, this is the second annual for the monster truck, and he loves loud stuff like every kid does. And I was like, let's go. And then something came out where he couldn't take him. And of course, at a kid's world, that's me not taking him. Like it was something like they had to do. So now I'm the bad person because I didn't. He's like, are you Uh-oh. gonna take me? Are you gonna take me? And then of course, when this came up, I'm like, well. I'll make up to him. So what I got him, and he doesn't know this yet. Is he listening? No. He's at school, hopefully. Uh, I got him a ticket to ride in the monster truck. He's got a ticket to ride? He's got a ticket to ride, like the Beatles song, Uh inside the monster truck. So he's he's going to lose his mind on Saturday. That sounds great. And uh, so I hope he enjoys that. Hey, one thing. I I know we talked a lot about Macbeth, but something we totally forgot to mention. We will actually have... Sign language you interpreters. You have monster truck. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to have monster uh, One of the actresses is deaf, and she actually signs a role, and someone else is playing her voice. That's really cool. But on top of that, for any deaf audiences, or if you're deaf or hard of hearing, come to the show. We will actually have to the side full, of the stage the full, sh- the full show being signed 
um, to audience members who who have need of it. And that's okay. that's courtesy that's really cool. of the Lone Star uh, Deaf Interpretation Translation Program. I believe I got that right. Uh, but they totally rock for, for offering their services on that. That's neat, right so, there. Yeah, no, I'm excited about your your deal, man. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, folks, we had the 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 famous actors and actresses from the upcoming performance of Macbeth tomorrow at Rob Rob Fleming Park. Did I say that right? Yep, Rob Fleming Rob Park in the Woodlands is free. Show up. I think I, if it were me, the perfect day would be show up around 5:30, eat, enjoy, walk around, get the food digested, mm-hmm. and then be able to sit down and enjoy a two hour play. Grab your for free. Uh, Macbeth, there's going to be killing, there's going to be yelling, there's going to be crying. It's going to be wonderful. Mayhem hijinks. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. It sounds like so much fun. And listener uh, Dennis has asked uh, if he could hear a few lines. Dennis, absolutely you can. Show up tomorrow and you'll hear you all the lines That's going to be want. a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, Macbeth, I, it's coming back to me now what it is. It's all coming back to you now? Yeah. Was that Cindy Lauper? No, it's uh, not. No, well, actually it was a female group called Pandora's Box and then Celine Dion okay. hijacked it. Yeah. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, I think everyone's going to enjoy their weekend. Uh, if you're looking for other events and stuff, I know we talked about Kids Fish that's happening tomorrow. Yeah. A free fishing event for kids under 16 brought to you by the Conroe Parks and Rec. If for more information about that, I think it's from 9 to noon uh, at Carl Barton Jr. Park. And then, of course, our friends are doing a uh, – our friends who came in on Monday, I believe, talking about Ryan's Challenge. They're doing mm-hmm. a fishing tournament up this weekend up in College Station area. In College Station area, that's and right. so check out Ryan's Challenge online for that if you live up towards the north side of, of Conroe. And uh, but that's about it, man. It's uh, we got two minutes left. I guess we should say a special thanks to our sponsors, which we love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to say a special thanks to Bean Punk Coffee at beanpunkcoffee.com. All your coffee needs. Since Mama Mia and the other shows are playing this weekend downtown, they're going to be open a little later. So if you need your coffee fix, look at Bean Punk Coffee. Uh, there's visit them online at beanpunkcoffee.com. We also have Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, all your office cleaning needs in the Montgomery County area. They do appointment or one-time cleaning. It's at cleansweepofficecleaning.com. And then C3 Creative Content Creations, c3thewoodlands.com for all your creative needs and uh, stuff like that. So I guess we're out of here. We'll be back Monday. I think we – I know we have a special guest next week, and uh, we'll be more putting more stuff like that out Who's, we have other slots available, so if you're interested in being a guest, dickandskippy at gmail.com, email us, and we'll go book you. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. So thanks for tuning in. Good show today, Dick. A great way to end up the week. Uh, it's been a full week for both of us. Yeah. And uh, we're going to enjoy the weekend. Hope to see you at the Shakespeare Fest on Saturday or one of the other amazing events that are happening. Yeah, there's no excuse. Don't forget, there's two tickets up for grabs. I haven't checked, so maybe someone already won. But two, t- two pairs. Uh, to the Monster Truck Spectacular brought to you by the Shriners here in Conroe. So, uh, yeah, all proceeds of the event pre- uh, benefit the Arabia Shrines activities and payments are non-deductible as charitable contributions. Remember that, but you're getting these for free. So uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to Dick and Skippy in the morning.